0: "'Possible! A hunter, a killer! No, of course not. All that business about resignation to death, non-violence—what is it, then?' Conger shrugged. "'I've been taught not to mix with such as these. They have strange abilities, and you can't reason with them.' The speaker studied Conger thoughtfully. "'You have the wrong idea. It is no one here that we have in mind.' We have found that killing them only tends to increase their numbers. Then why come here? Let's leave. No. We came for something important. Something you will need to identify your man. Without it, you won't be able to find him. A trace of a smile crossed the Speaker's face. We don't want you to kill the wrong person. It's too important. I don't make mistakes. Conger's chest rose. Listen, Speaker. This— is an unusual situation, the speaker said. You see, the person you are after, the person that we are sending you to find, is known only by certain objects here. They are the only traces, the only means of identification. Without them, what are they? He came toward the speaker. The speaker moved to one side. Look, he said. He drew a sliding wall away, showing a dark, square hole. In there— Congress squatted down, staring in. He frowned. A skull! A skeleton! The man you are after has been dead for two centuries, the speaker said. This is all that remains of him. And this is all you have with which to find him. For a long time, Congress said nothing. He stared down at the bones, dimly visible in the recess of the wall. How could a man dead centuries be killed? How could he be stalked, brought down? Congo was a hunter, a man who had lived as he pleased, where he pleased. He had kept himself alive by trading, bringing furs and pelts in from the provinces on his own ship, riding at high speed, slipping through the customs line around earth. He had hunted in the great mountains of the moon. He had stalked through empty Martian cities. He had explored. The speaker said, Soldier! Take these objects and have them carried to the car. Don't lose any part of them. The soldier went into the cupboard, reaching gingerly, squatting on his heels. It is my hope, the speaker continued softly to Conger, that you will demonstrate your loyalty to us now. There are always ways for citizens to restore themselves, to show their devotion to their society. For you I think this would be a very good chance." I seriously doubt that a better one will come. And for your efforts, there will be quite a restitution, of course. The two men looked at each other, Conger thin, unkempt, the speaker immaculate in his uniform. I understand you, Conger said. I mean, I understand this part about the chance. But how can a man who has been dead two centuries be- I'll explain later, the speaker said. Right now we have to hurry. The soldier had gone out with the bones, wrapped in a blanket held carefully in his arms. The speaker walked to the door. Come. They have already discovered that we've broken in here, and they'll be coming at any moment. They hurried down the damp steps to the waiting car. A second later, the driver lifted the car up into the air above the housetops. The speaker settled back in the seat. The First Church has an interesting past, he said. I suppose you are familiar with it, but I'd like to speak of a few points that are of relevancy to us. It was in the twentieth century that the movement began, during one of the periodic wars. The movement developed rapidly, feeding on the general sense of futility, the realization that each war was breeding greater war with no end in sight. The movement posed a simple answer to the problem— Without military preparations, weapons, there could be no war, and without machinery and complex scientific technology there could be no weapons. The movement preached that you couldn't stop war by planning for it. They preached that man was losing to his machinery and science, that it was getting away from him, pushing him into greater and greater wars. Down with society, they shouted, down with factories and science— a few more wars and there wouldn't be much left of the world the founder was an obscure person from a small town in the american middle west we don't